0: Today's show was brought to you by SAP. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm feeling great, thanks. How about you? You feeling happy, a little angry? People have so many feelings, millions of them. But what if businesses could really understand all of those feelings and then act on them to make their customers feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management and it's here because the future of business has feelings and I've got a feeling we're all gonna like it. Go to sap.com slash xm to learn more.
1: Welcome back to the Humble Food Podcast with your hosts, Lila Eisenberg and Grace Kane. Let's get into the show. Okay, so to start off with our first segment, the restaurant of the day, we have a new Brazilian restaurant called Viv's Kitchen, and it's located in Orleans, Cape Cod. Um, so basically, this is a restaurant that serves lots of different uh, sandwiches and smoothie bowls and fresh pressed juices and things of that nature. Um, when I went there, I got a smoothie bowl. It was the Brazilian passion and it had mango and, um, other, and pineapple and other things in it. It was really good and it was served, you can either get it served in a regular bowl or a pineapple bowl. Uh, the pineapple bowl is half a pineapple, and it's hollowed out, and the pineapple is basically frozen, so it forms the shape of a bowl, pretty much. And it's really good, but it's really expensive, which is kind of a downside. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it adds about $3 to your, um, to your bowl, anyway. Um, so Viv's Kitchen is this Brazilian, um, restaurant, and it's very casual. Um, it has, like, a kind of beachy theme, just because it is on Cape Cod also, um, I also got a um, smoothie bowl, but it was the Power Berry Bowl. So it had asai strawberries, bananas, blueberries, and coconut water. Um, and so there's a whole bunch of different smoothies um, and smoothie bowls to choose from. And then um, when you go in there, you can say um, you can add protein powder or um, what else was there? Yeah, there's lots
1: of different things you can put on top of your bowl as well. So it's like peanuts, um, cacao, different types of, like peanut butter, different spreads and things like that.
2: And each smoothie bowl comes with um, bananas and kiwi, um, I think coconut shavings, was that it? And um, blueberries on the top. So it's really um, a good way to start off your morning, I think. Um, And if you're not into like the smoothie bowls um, and stuff like that, you can also get um, a whole bunch of other things on the menu. Uh, for example, one time when I went, um, I got the morning bowl, which is um, a Mexican bowl with one fried egg, fresh avocado, um, pico, um, and rice and black beans, and it's and it's probably one of the best bowls you'll you'll ever have. Um, but yeah, and then you can also get all sorts of things like sandwiches, um, toast. Um, just eggs, anything like that.
1: Yeah and with the sandwiches and bowls it's kind of, it's really nice because you can add um, you can customize it so you can add things like avocado and mushrooms and bacon and steak to kind of spice up the bowl a little bit.
2: Yeah so um, back to the smoothie bowls um, like we were saying or what Grace was saying before is you can get it in a pineapple and this is called the bikini bottom bowl. And so when we both went together, we tried this and we found some pros and cons with the bowl itself.
1: So to begin with, the bowl itself was rather shallow. So you didn't get as much smoothie in the bowl as you would without having, if you, when you got the pineapple bowl, you got less smoothie. And so I think that was a downside because the smoothie was very delicious.
2: Yeah. So obviously I'm not going to lie. Um, having the smoothie bowl in the Um, Pineapple made it very aesthetically pleasing, and it was good for Instagram and stuff like that. Um, But I really thought, and I think, Grace, you would agree, that you don't get as much for your money with the pineapple bowl.
1: Yeah, I would agree. And yeah, I'm not going to lie, we did go partially because it was aesthetically pleasing with the pineapple.
2: The other thing is we thought, um, and some of you might think also, that you would be able to eat the pineapple after you finish um, eating the bowl. And that's just—it's not true because they freeze the pineapple so that it doesn't. I think it's more because it doesn't mix with the so that it doesn't mix with the smoothie, um, and just change the flavor. But we you couldn't eat the pineapple after because it was just rock rock solid.
1: Yeah, it was pretty frozen, so you know the bowl could keep its shape, which I guess is a smart idea. But it was kind of disappointing that you couldn't be you weren't able to eat the pineapple itself. Yeah, um, I think the. The um, pineapple was a huge selling point for the restaurant and which was a main reason that I think Lila and I yeah. wanted to go here, but it was ultimately, I thought it was a little underwhelming.
2: Yeah, so I just wanted to touch a little bit on the atmosphere of the restaurant. Um, it's the kind of restaurant. It's not I wouldn't call it like really a restaurant. It's more of a cafe like kind of vibe. Um, you go in and there's like menus on the on the walls and, you, um, and it's, you just order at the counter and then they call your number um, when your food's ready. Um, and I think we touched upon this before, but it is a breakfast, mainly, restaurant. Um, it's not open for dinner, but I think it is available for lunch. I believe it's 11 to 3 p.m. Um, and with the lunch, um, you can also get um, sandwiches. There's a steak um, and
1: cheese sub, um, a roll stuff like that um yeah to go back to the atmosphere part it's pretty quaint restaurant and uh the service and the people there were really friendly I thought um everyone who was working there was just so happy it seemed when we went in it was also summertime so they might have been a little
2: bit more happy
1: that is true yeah and they have seating because it's such a small restaurant they have some seats outside as well as inside and when it gets busy not many people can fit inside the restaurant
2: yeah they do have some seating outside but um, i think a lot of people end up getting stuff to go because it is a lot of smoothies and juices um, and stuff like that you can you can obviously just stop by in the morning and then get your smoothie and then go to the beach something like that um, because it is so close to the beach on cape cod Um, and then also i just want to point out one last thing um, about this restaurant before we go into our rating our final rating of the restaurant um they do have gluten-free options for any of you who are gluten-free I know uh I know people and my mom is gluten-free and she finds plenty of things to get at the restaurant anyway I mean obviously smoothies they're going to be gluten-free because they have no wheat um in the smoothie but there's gluten-free buns for um sandwiches and Whatever else you might have,
1: and I think a lot of people rate the gr- gluten free um, things pretty highly, and they yeah. thought it was just or pretty delicious, which is uh, really good considering it was a gluten free option. Yes. Um. So our final for our final ratings, I think I would if I was basing this solely upon the food that I got, such as uh, the smoothie bowl, I would give it probably a nine out of 10 because I really enjoyed the smoothie bowl. But when I went and got the pineapple bowl, that was a little bit underwhelming. So I think I'm gonna have to give it an overall rating of an eight out of 10.
2: That's an interesting, um, I, I totally agree with everything you said. I think I would actually give it more of like a 9.5, even 10 out of 10, um, just because I thought the smoothie bowls were absolutely delicious. Um, it had good flavor. And it was, they were pretty filling, so they had, like, all those toppings on top um, in addition to being able to have the smoothie bowl. And I think, you know, while the pineapple, like, you couldn't eat it, I think it still, it still was fun to be able to, ha- like, have the experience of having it in the pineapple. And I think that kind of, like, balanced out not being able to eat it. And I think overall the food is great and the atmosphere is great and the people who are working there is great. The only thing that might be like a little bit of a problem is just that it gets crowded a lot in the summer, and so it might be hard to find seating. But again, if you get takeout, then that's not an issue.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I also think um, that this is probably a really good food to kind of just take on the go because you can get any of these things to go, any of these meals, any of the smoothies to take on the go, and it's really convenient.
2: Yeah, even if you get a bowl, they, they can just package it up and you're good to go. Um, and I did that a lot over the summer when I was um, staying on the Cape, and it was, it was good. All right, so for our second segment um, of our podcast today, we're going to be talking about like the public school lunch and kind of like um, that dynamic and kind of how it's changed over time between um, elementary school to middle school to high school. And so we're kind of just going to talk about how um, our individual experiences on that. Um, And obviously we go to Belmont High School, so some high schools in the country might be slightly different than ours, but I think overall um, experiences are relatively the same.
1: Yeah, so we think that lunchtime has a pretty big impact on our day, and because the time that you eat during the day is really important to how your whole day kind of spans out. So to begin, in elementary school, there's basically so many, there's one set time for each grade that you eat lunch, and you have a long lunch, which concludes with a recess, and also throughout the day, you have snack times and stuff to make sure that you're getting enough food throughout the day.
2: Yeah, I think in elementary school, there's a lot of emphasis on, you know, uh, being able to be active, and, you know, having enough time to be able to eat your lunch, and I remember we used to have snack time basically every day um and so I would never really get hungry in elementary school because we had so much time to eat
1: and it was the lunch that you had was often uh a while after breakfast so it was nicely spaced that we had snack so you had breakfast and then early in the morning in the school day you had snack and then later you had lunch and then you would come home so therefore you would never really feel hungry throughout the day because you were constantly getting meals and therefore you weren't Ha- feeling like you had to change certain parts of your diet or cram in food in the whole day?
2: Yeah, so I think um, middle school was a little bit different than that and obviously different than high school too. Um, but in middle school, I remember in my experiences, I used to have um, like a set lunch every single day where I'd, I'd always – I think it was the grade that had that set lunch. And I remember I think it was in seventh grade or something. Um, our lunch, Our set lunch would be at 1030 in the morning. And I thought that this was really detrimental to everyone's health because, um, you know, after breakfast, you know, you're not hungry at 1030, but then you you still you're still forced to eat your lunch then. And so then when it comes time, like 1, 1, 2 p.m., you're starving and you can't focus in school.
1: Yeah, also because you're waking up at around 7, 730 and you have breakfast at that time. And so then if you have lunch really early in the morning at 10.30, you have the whole rest of the day until you get home to eat again. And I also specifically remember it being a huge change from going going from a 10.30 lunch in seventh grade to a lunch that was around one in eighth grade, yeah. which is a huge amount of time. It's a huge time difference, and it takes a lot for your body to adjust from eating lunch early in the morning to then going and eating lunch after 12. And then it's also hard because you're going without a snack throughout the day and you're not allowed to eat snack in class. So therefore, you're from for many hours of the day, you're hungry.
2: Yeah, I remember always being hungry, and this was specifically in seventh grade, in English class. And I remember people would, my friends specifically, would go um, to ask to leave to just get a snack from their locker because they were starving. And, you know, like I, we needed to eat food and our lunch wasn't until much later.
1: I also remember sneaking food in class or sitting in the back of class and taking out a bag of you know goldfish or something because I was so hungry I couldn't wait to lunch or to eat or it was I would save some of my food from lunch to eat later in the school day because I just would be so hungry by the end of the day.
2: Yeah and it's and it's really hard to develop kind of like a routine when your lunch is either really early or really late, because you know on the weekends you're not eating that way, um, and you have to adjust your breakfast and your dinner to fit with exactly how the school is structuring your lunch, um, and it's just really hard to adapt. I think.
1: Yeah, I think that's a really good point. I think the time at which your your lunch is affects the rest of your day too. So if you have a later lunch, then Oftentimes, you don't come home and eat a snack right away. But if you have an earlier lunch, you feel the need to have food right when you get home. And then you're eating earlier, and then you have more food. I feel like you have more food throughout the day because then you eat dinner earlier and everything like that.
2: Yeah, so I think the time that you're you're structured to eat lunch plays a huge role um, in how you function throughout the day, especially since it's during school because you're trying to, you know – be educated and fit a whole bunch of knowledge in your head and you can't really do that when you're um when you're hungry and I think a different problem kind of presents itself in high school where it's not necessarily that it's the time that changes it's how much time you get to eat your lunch
1: yeah in middle school you had around 30 to 40 minutes to eat lunch whereas now we have around 20 minutes to eat lunch which is really not that much time if you think about it, especially if you're going and buying lunch or the time it takes you to get from class to the cafeteria or where, wherever you're going to eat to go get lunch. And then you also have to leave that mod in time to get to your next class, so it's really cut on both ends.
2: Yeah, I think it's really hard to be able... because So last year we had multiple different freezes and I know like our schedule changed completely this year. And so for a lot of people, we only get one set... 20 minute period to be able to eat our lunch and I think that's really hard if you're um if you're gonna need to do like other work and I think I know last year at least I ended up skipping lunch a couple times because I just needed to get work done and it was one specific time that I could go to eat lunch and it was 20 minutes
1: and I think that can be really detrimental too to your health when you feel like you have all this work that you need to get done so much so that you need to take the one minute free period that you have in the day and take it to use to study or do work instead of eating lunch and I think a lot of students feel that way where they need to do some homework because they're going to be they're going to have so much homework after school that they need to get some, some homework done during the day or they need to study for a test or something like that where they feel the need to skip their lunch during the day.
2: Yeah I think you touched on that really well and I think um, you know, these school lunch times that, um, we're getting, it can lead to like a lot of bad habits, um, that teenagers develop because of this.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Um, people skipping their lunch and going from waking up early in the morning at seven thirty and then not having lunch or a snack throughout the whole day and then going multiple hours without eating any food can lead to some really serious health drawbacks, I think.
2: Yeah, and I think a lot of people don't realize, you know, what's happening when they're not eating their lunch, and because it's not like an immediate effect, but it really does—it um, really does have an impact on your health and your ability to do well in school and study. And I'm not saying that this is the only reason, but it's a big role. It has a big role in um, how people, how well people are able to do in their classes.
1: Um, I would agree with that completely and it's also an example was that today we had an assembly at school and so that cut into my lunch period my one lunch period so I had much less time to eat and I only had an like apple today ten, 10 minutes yeah it was 10 minutes so I went the entire day really without having much food and then I went right from school to soccer practice and then soccer practice to another activity so therefore I just didn't have any food for most of the day which is really not a good thing also considering we're waking up really early and not having food throughout the day can lead to you being less energized and having not enough energy throughout the day and feel it and being undernourished.
2: Yeah just being malnourished it's like a huge it's a huge problem and I think another problem that's probably not as severe but um, I've heard that a lot of people are struggling with this is like snacking and so not having this um, not having enough time to eat during the day like we have in high school um, it leads to a lot of people trying to fit in little little bits of food eating little bits of food at just random times even like passing times just to get enough food to carry them throughout the day and I think it's, it's a problem.
1: I think it is a problem too because the food that you're eating has to be quick and easy on the go so it's going to be something like uh, a snack like pretzels or something like that. It's not going to be a sandwich or something that actually can give you energy. It's going to be quick food like a bar or something like that which doesn't have the same health benefits as like say an apple or fruit or something like that.
2: Yeah and I mean this, this plays into kind of what we we're talking about going to be talking about next. Um, the availability of food at say, Belmont High School, isn't very big, and so when you're trying to find a snack, maybe you didn't bring a snack, so you have to buy a snack in the cafeteria. I know a lot of people who just buy, you know, like, Welch's fruit snacks, and, you know, they're really good, they're delicious, but they're not going to give you enough nutrients, enough calories um, to get you through the day.
1: Yeah, and they're so easily accessible at the school. There's a huge array of different snacks that you can get that are really tempting, and so when you're running between classes, sometimes a lot of people, including myself, will just stop in and get one of these unhealthy snacks to feel to keep me going throughout the day, but it's not even healthy or giving me much energy at all.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely guilty of, you know, picking up a nice Welch's fruit snacks on my way to class, but I find, honestly, like, if I'm just eating that throughout the day, if I'm just snacking like that, I'm starving at the end of the day, and, you know, it's just a problem that we face because, you know, our time to eat lunch in school is just so short.
1: Yeah, and especially, I know it's a huge problem with people who have gym. They only have one free or gym for a quarter or whatever. So for certain days in the week, you only have one or two frees, which really is not a lot of time at all to get enough food in for the day.
2: Yeah, I think even um, just touching upon this part, um, but I think this could even lead to... to problems such as like eating disorders because there's not like a set time in which someone can like you know go get their lunch like people can just skip lunch every day if they want to and it could have tremendous um health health problems i know because of it.
1: a lot of people who actually just skip lunch every day and it's not a big deal and i know they've been skipping lunch since the beginning of ninth grade because they focus all their time and their free time on doing work instead of eating. and at this point, they feel like eating is sec- comes second to doing their work.
2: Yeah, and I think that's a big problem that um, you know, our school community is kind of facing because you know we have so much schoolwork to, to get done in such little time, you know people are using every single second of the day they have, even if that's their lunch period to get that stuff done. And when the lines are long in the cafeteria, the cafeteria is crowded, whatever it may be, they're going to go to the library instead of the cafeteria.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. And then this also brings us into uh, the differences between having a packed lunch or buying lunch at school.
2: Yeah, so I think this is a big thing that um, that I've really noticed. And I think um, ever since ninth grade, I've always brought my lunch to school. Um, I find that the school lunches no offense are disgusting and I'd rather eat you know like a sandwich that I bring from home.
1: I think the choices that you can bring from home are better than the school because you can choose specifically what you want in your lunch as opposed to the school but then if certain people aren't don't have the resources to bring their lunch in every day the school lunch is not the same. I feel like the things that how that you can get from the school lunch aren't the same as the things you can bring from home.
2: Yeah, I know for a long time in in the United States history, you know, school lunches has, have had a reputation of just um, being unhealthy, and I think that's a big problem. Um, in being able to and kids being able to be properly uh, have proper proper amount of nutrition um, because the school lunches aren't supplying them with an, with that. Uh, specific type of food that they need
1: yeah you can even see in there are some high schools across the country that have like essentially a food court as their um, school lunch so they have fast food restaurants like mcdonald's and burger king that serve the kids food every day which while yes it might taste great it really doesn't provide good health benefits at all and it can lead to some serious drawbacks
2: yeah, I think a a big problem, and I'm not gonna go too deep into this, is like, um, you know, you see a lot on the news about like child obesity rates rising, and I think a big problem, a big source of that problem, might be school lunches.
1: Yeah, and if because if you look at exactly what's on the plates of the kids who are getting school lunches, it's all fried food and it's all processed and things like that. It's not. I don't I mean, it's not natural. It's just that.
2: I think another thing that drives a lot of people to want to eat lunch in school rather than bring it from home is that it takes a lot of effort to, you know, wake up, you, you know, you have to wake up 20 minutes earlier to make your own lunch. And I think a lot of kids would would rather, you know, sleep in that extra 20 minutes than pack their lunch and then they buy school school lunch instead.
1: Yeah, I would agree the accessibility of school lunch really is a a huge contributing factor, I think, as to why students buy um, lunch at school as opposed to packing it at home because the time it takes to pack your lunch and really get everything that you want in there is so much, it takes so much out of, I feel like it takes so much out of my day. When I pack my own lunch, then it would just be so much easier to buy school lunch.
2: Yeah, I think a lot of, another um, thing to just bring up is a lot of people um, end up bringing their lunch because um, school lunches end up being expensive after you're buying them every day.
1: Yeah, um. they're around $3 each, so that really adds up over time, and it's it can end up being a large sum of money that some people just can't afford. Yeah. Um, also, I think a lot of the time... Uh, when you're buying school lunch when there's not an option that pleases you or something that you want you don't end up getting any food at all and once again feel like oh I don't need to eat lunch because there's nothing that I see out here that actually I want to eat or something like that.
2: Yeah and so I think um, because the options in the cafeteria are so limited um, and because they're not very you know nutritious um, and good for you I think a lot of students that I've noticed Um, at least at Belmont High School, um, have have gone to find new solutions to eat um, something that's not bringing it from home, something that's not getting it from school. And a lot of people turn to um, things like DoorDash or um, or um, delivery to get food from restaurants. And I think since Belmont is so close to the city, um, Cambridge, Fresh Pond, stuff like that, um, it's easy to get that kind of food.
1: Yeah I would agree. I think I would have to say that's a benefit of being in high school over the, over middle school because you do have the ability to go and get the food that you want from an outside place that's not the um, high school cafeteria whereas in middle school you had to either bring your lunch or um, buy it from the school because a lot of people didn't have cars or weren't allowed to use and we weren't allowed to use things like DoorDash.
2: Yeah, I think um, being able to um, go to another, uh, like a restaurant outside of school is a big um, benefit to living in in Belmont High School, like in Belmont and going to Belmont High School. And I think, um, but this doesn't like necessarily apply to every single um, high school in the country. You know, like a lot of these high schools in the United States, they're not, they're in rural areas, they're not near a big, City, and so it's hard. Uh, It adds an extra challenge to get the right food for lunch.
1: Yeah, if you're not around a place that has um, a lot of extra restaurants or even places you can order from, then it makes it that it's a much bigger, a greater challenge to actually get food that you enjoy if you can't pack lunch from home. But then are only then you're limited to the food at the school cafeteria, which might often not be what you want to eat
2: yeah and you know another problem that a lot of people are facing even if they want to go to say what um Me or something in fresh pond to get food or like anna's or something like that there's not enough time to call in your order or like order on doordash and have the uh delivery come in the 20 minute period you have for lunch and so i think that deters a lot of people from um, ordering from a restaurant outside of school. Um, I know a lot of people um, who have uh, freeze during the middle of the day, multiple, um, and then that's when they do it. But for the majority of the student body, um, you only have one free the, during the day and it's really hard to order outside.
1: Yeah, that's the other problem is you can't really choose your schedule in the way that you want it to be. So some students end up with freeze in the morning or some end within the Uh, multiple freeze in the middle or at the end of the day so depending on where your freeze are you can really uh you can get food for lunch or you really can't because if your freeze are in the morning you're not going to be able to order food for lunch um that's going to come in the middle of the day and also yeah touching on the fact that the time for lunch is so short the food that you order isn't going to come in time for the mod to finish when the mod finishes
2: yeah so i was just wondering what do you think how do you think um, colleges have kind of tried to eliminate this problem on their campus.
1: Um, I think they've tried to eliminate. The, I don't know if they've tried to eliminate this problem completely. As you can see, um, I visited U, Maryland over uh, last winter, and their uh, cafeteria essentially was exactly like a mall food court. It had a chick-fil-A, it had a Burger King, It had a McDonald's all in there. So I think it kind of some of the problems still carry over to college while at the same time you have a lot more freedom in college, and so you're able to access a lot more things, and um, you have much more time in the day to get food and things like that.
2: Yeah, so I think there's a couple of reasons why, you know, colleges, they're not facing problems like this in the same way high schools are. And so the first one is that colleges receive a lot more funding that they can put towards towards better cafeterias than say public schools can. And this is similar to private schools as well. Um, But I was visiting um, Johns Hopkins over the summer and they had like a nice um, cafeteria with um, home, like it wasn't home cooked, but it was cooked by, you know, staff who were specifically hired to cook food. And so as a result, you get um, better quality meals every day for both breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I think the second reason why colleges have kind of eliminated this problem, not like completely, but partially, is that um, college students have a lot more freedom in their schedules, so they can kind of decide, oh, I have a class at 8, and then I have a class at 12, but I can go in between there, even off campus to go get my food, and I have so much more time um, to be able to decide um, what to eat and where to eat.
1: Yeah, also I think that colleges have a much wider variety of options that you can get, whereas in high school, for example, there is one lunch you can get in the day, and there's always, like, at our high school specifically, you can always get, like, a chicken sandwich or something like that, but there's one set lunch that you can get in the day, whereas in college there's a whole variety of different foods that you can get usually at the cafeteria.
2: Yeah, so I think just kind of to sum things up, Overall, I think there has to be a lot of improvements to how at least the public school system is kind of managing um, students' lunch times and lunch schedules. And I think I think more focus should be put into that than what's already being done, because um, you know, I think administrators have to realize that having the right nutrition in the right time and the right amount of time, to eat lunch has a big impact in how well a student does during school.
1: Yeah, I would agree. I think you, all those factors contribute to how well a student's day goes or what they eat before and after school and how their whole day functions. So if a student has the right nutrition, the right amount of time for lunch, I think it can uh, greatly improve how their day goes.
2: All right, so that's going to be it for our podcast for today. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to it.
1: Yeah, so you can make sure to check us out on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all the other websites like that that we're on. Um, All right, see you next
2: time for our next podcast. Yes, thank you. All right, so that's going to be it for the Humble Food Podcast this week. Um, Make sure to check us out next time um, for our new Restaurant of the Day.
1: Thank you guys so much for listening and be sure to check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and the Belmont, Pub- the Belmont Media website. Um, I'm your host, Grace Kane, uh, And I'm Lila Eisenberg. See you next time. Yeah.
0: Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it, and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash XM. Who am I and how am I feeling? I'm Clive Owen and I'm great, thanks. What if businesses could really understand how their customers feel, act on it, and make them feel better? It's a thing. It's SAP Experience Management. For more, go to sap.com slash XM.